On this episode of Jet City Hot Takes, the referees in the NFL suck. Oh, you don't say. And the Seahawks might have gotten their butts kicked by the Rams on Sunday night, but you know what? It's not the end of the world. And no, the Patriots are not going to cheat to beat the Bengals. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... Who am I kidding? These guys aren't pros. The starting lineup for your Jet City Hot Takes podcast. He's Boston bred. He hates seafood. And he swore to start reading more. So now he watches Netflix with his subtitles on. Corey Dillon. That is next level stupidity. And he's a Northwest native. Doesn't care what you say, Sriracha is overrated. And he sleeps with a Ken Griffey Jr. body pillow. Keith Wayne. Hey, I don't judge. You do you. Just keep it off the field. Jet City Hot Takes. Hot Takes. Wow, it feels like forever since we've been here. We missed a couple weeks. There was Thanksgiving in there. Then we ran a whole charity thing that happened on uh, Thursday, Friday of last week. So we got a little bit to catch up on. It's Corey Dillon. Did you forget my name, or no, you still asked me to introduce I, I, myself? I thought you were going to say it. Oh, uh, I don't what's know up? Why. Let's keep. <laughs> I'll start that over. No, we can keep it. It's cool. All right. Yeah, we're a little bit rusty here. Lots happened. I know, uh, I mean, we won't go way back, but um, last week, lots of shakeups in both conferences, uh, playoff-wise. A little bit, yeah. Um, if you want, I'll start with the AFC, because it was frustrating for me. Um, yeah, I like when you're frustrated, so let's start with the AFC. Sort of. <laughs> uh, so, what, I, uh, Baltimore played Buffalo. Pretty good game, by the way. It was a good game. Buffalo had a chance to, to win there. Uh, I, I thought they would play them tough. A, Lamar Jackson didn't go crazy, so there is a sign that you can stop him. So that's a a really good defense. That's a good thing. Uh, As soon as they won that game, even before the Patriots played Kansas City, uh, with that win, they have three cupcakes, three layups to end the season. Uh, So I said, you know what? The Patriots, they're they're not going to be the number one seed. Uh, they're going to be the number two seed. And which, they weren't the one seed last year, and they still went to the Super Bowl. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that... They still won the Super Bowl. They didn't oh, yeah. just go to the Super Bowl. They still won the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, you know, as long as, we, as long as the Patriots get the first round by, I mean, I still feel good. I, I do like that it would still be a second matchup against Baltimore. Uh, however, what I am really furious about... Uh, and not it's hard. It's gonna be hard to maybe or delicate because I'm not so mad. Like I wasn't so butthurt that the Patriots lost to Kansas City because of the the reasoning I said. Even before that yeah. game happened, I said they're gonna be the two seed. That's fine. But then the refereeing in that game really got to me. Um, and not as like a boohoo. Whatever, and I know I saw a million tweets. Oh, finally the Patriots know what it's like to get screwed. That's I, was, not, I was about to say you're not. You're, it's going to be hard for you to garner sympathy as a Patriots listen, fan for officiating that doesn't go in your favor. There was terrible officiating. We ha- the Patriots have had terrible officiating before. Maybe not as much as other teams or or other people just hate the Patriots because they win off more often. But that was hor- it was so frustrating to. I just don't understand when there's a f- there was the fumble that I think it was Stephon Gilmore recovered uh, when yeah, Travis touchdown. Travis Kelsey fumbled the ball. Even in the bar, not as a Homer Patriots fan, I said that was like with my eyes, I could see that that was a fumble. Of course, it's a, a scoop by Gilmore, and I won't even I won't even say he got the touchdown, but he might have. He, he might. He would have had the touchdown. He there might have scored no a touchdown, but he there was a lot of yards there. Like there was, it was a whole thing, and the fact that the refs called it a catch and not a fumble. 
Yeah, they called him down, reviewed it, and then gave the Patriots the recovery on the review. Which but... we lo- which the Patriots lose out on, you know, potentially seven points there. And I will even give the referees a break there because maybe on that may- may- tough angle, maybe they really thought it was a catch and whatever. So you go, you know what? I really think it was a catch. That's fine. So then I believe it was the ensuing drive where yeah, it was that it was the, the same drive. That next possession, they're, yeah. They're going down, and Nikhil Harry. Makes a great play. Great play. Down the sideline. Was close. Not even as close as... It wasn't that close where it was like, oh my, he was close to the sideline. Dives for the end zone. Gets into the pylon fine. Why do you not just call it a touchdown and you can review it? This isn't where there's like... this. You know you're going to have a clear sideline shot of the foot and the line. You always have those shots. So why not err on the safe side and just say it's a touchdown, and worst case, it's probably going to get overturned if you see him step out of bounds. I do not understand that. And, and, and that goes for the fumble, too. I'd rather you just call it a fumble, because then it's going to review anyways. You don't have to waste challenges. Because of that fumble, we couldn't challenge the one that was so obvious that he didn't step out of bounds. It was a touchdown. It was just a horrible job of officiating. Not just in that game. There's been horrible officiating across the league all year long. But it's just like, oh, like... I, I was very angry. It feels like there's at least one game every week that comes down to bad officiating. And, you know, this last week it was the Patriots' turn to get screwed, right? But it, it, <laughs> fine, bad officiating. But it on the types of calls that it was, and I won't even get into the pass interference one that the, at the end of the game that some people – I don't know if that ball was necessarily catchable. He definitely got there early, wrapped his arms around a player, could have been pass interference. That's a whole other thing. But – those two where they were, you know, big plays and you have the rule basically that any turnover or touchdown is going to be reviewed. So if there's any question, I don't understand why you don't just err on the side of, you know what, let's go to review. Call the call that is going to just take it to replay to be safe instead of doing something stupid like that and realistically costing the Patriots the game because then they go down at the end of the game and they need seven points instead of the field goal. They drive it all the way down. They can't get in the end zone, but they only would have needed a field goal to tie it and then whatever would have happened would have happened. Again, I don't think the Patriots would have the number one seed because the Ravens uh, got cupcakes. But I don't want to see them lose the two seed, and that just becomes a little bit more possible because of that stupid referee job on Sunday. I'm, I'm pissed. I can tell. I can tell you're a little bit pissed off. You know, I can't really uh, blame the officiating for the Seahawks against the Rams, can I? I don't, At all. I don't think so. No, the Seahawks just laid an egg. You know what? I think they needed it, to be honest with you. Um, I think they were skating by getting wins, and they had they still had a lot of flaws. Granted, good coaching – and having a good quarterback will help you win games you probably shouldn't otherwise, but let's be honest. The Seahawks, they have issues on the defensive side. They got issues on that offensive line, especially in pass protection. Oh, uh, Ifedi. And I, the Rams exposed the hell out of them on Sunday night, and the Seahawks needed that. Yeah, they that, needed that. That was a game they were winning, and I was at, um, maybe I'll show some. I was at Buckley's in Belltown, and you know there was a ton of 49ers fans there. There was a ton of Saints fans there, and there was a ton of Seahawks fans there. It was, it was kind of wild. And huh. I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at that game, and I'm like, as a Seahawks fan, you want the 49ers to win that because the Saints have the tiebreaker against you. Yeah. You had already had the tiebreaker against San Fran. Granted, you have one more game against them. But if you want to get on the level play, I, as a Seahawks fan, the way I was looking at it is you wanted San Fran to win. 
So, so the, you would have the chance for you know you even if you went out you'd be you'd be fine because you had the tiebreaker against San Fran already. You were down the tiebreaker to the to the Saints. So the way I was looking at it, you wanted the Saints to lose that game. Now, kinda yes. If the if the Niners had lost and the Seahawks had won and then won out, they would have taken they would have not even needed to play that week 17 game. They would have already have won the division in week 17. Right. And w- would have been playing, but they probably would have played cuz they might have been able to possibly get the number 1 seed cuz in that scenario, Yeah, you might have been able to get the number, getting one the number seed. 2. But but now the Saints losing that game isn't really a bad thing for the There wasn't a, an all good or an all bad outcome for the Seahawks for that Saints Niners game. The way it shakes out now is if, you know, the Niners went out, obviously they're the 1 seed. But if the Seahawks went out, that means they have that win against the Niners at the end of the season. Both teams will be 13-3, and three, assuming the Niners don't drop one from out of nowhere, which they could. The Rams look pretty good. The way it would work out now is you would have the Seahawks, the Saints, and the Packers. Everyone's forgetting about Green Bay, right? Mm-hmm. They would all be at 13-3. and three. So you go into a three-way tiebreaker, which then the Seahawks would get that would win that t- that three-way tiebreaker because of strength of schedule. So then, if all those three teams finish thirteen and three, the Seahawks would be the one seed. So essentially, the Seahawks need to win out. That would give San Fran a loss, but then you still need you need Green Bay to win out as well for that scenario. Yes. Okay. Or for the Saints to just drop a game somewhere because the Seahawks would win would have the tiebreaker over Green Bay as well. So. Oh. Okay, going into that, when that game was going to the wire, did you like? Did you have a preference between the Saints or 49ers in your head, or were you? Kind I always of, root against the Niners. I mean, <laughs> fair enough. It, I, I, it just, I mean, to me, like I said, I, I thought you wanted the 49ers to win, have the sea, the, have the Saints get that loss, so the tiebreaker there was washed with the Seahawks, and then have the Seahawks take care of business in L.A. And they did not do that. No, they didn't. The offensive line didn't give Wilson any time. The wide receivers weren't getting open. Uh, DK Metcalf had a couple nice plays, which was nice. And the defense did bow up in the second half. They only allowed seven points in the second half, and they got a pick six. So there were some good things in this game, but the offense was so ugly. So ugly. I 100% put that loss on the offense. Even though the defense got off to a slow start, they let the Rams score on the first three drives. But after that, they they bowed up, and they managed to keep that game close enough. You think, okay, if Russell Wilson can turn it on here, maybe we got a Which shot. Which usually, you, you that's what ended up that'll he happen. Had, he Russell had no will, help. You know, be, will play hero, and he couldn't because, the like you said, the offensive line was getting abused. He yeah, didn't have much sacks, time. Right? Five sacks against him, I believe. Uh, it, it just didn't happen in a game that I thought they really Which, which is a really shame needed. because in the on their first drive, they went down the field. They were running the ball pretty well, and they got a field goal on their first drive. And you're thinking, oh, okay, the Seahawks offense is going to click a little bit, and then nothing. The offense did nothing after that, which was – it sucked because they had the running game going, but when you go down – 21 to 3 that quickly that takes away your run game you have to drop back and throw and then the Rams defensive line just teed off pinned their ears back and went after the went after Russell Wilson and that was a game I thought the Rams needed I mean the Rams needed if they even plan on trying to make in the playoffs yeah, I, and I, I still don't think they're gonna get I him. don't as well but know what they have to do is play great football and know what they've been doing recently is playing great football they, they were ready for that game and it they they showed it. They just I thought they dominated the Seahawks. Now do the the Niners and the Rams must play each other one more time, right? Because I think the Rams are playing well enough. That could be a pretty good game. Yeah. I don't I don't know if they'd beat them, but that could be a pretty close competitive game. So if I'm a Niners fan, I'm not you know looking at these next two games thinking oh easy win we're gonna go into Seattle and just take the division. You still got the Rams to worry about. 
it's it's interesting, and I'm just trying to look here at the side because um, you know, say say the Seahawks take care, say the Seahawks win in week. 17 against the 49ers. You would both have three losses. And then if the Rams play the 49ers, if they did end up beating them, like you're saying, the 49ers at least have four losses. Yeah, so no, the, it looks like the Rams are probably out of it. I mean, they need to play yeah. perfect football. They need to win out. and They, they need, need to win out. They and need, then they the need the Vikings to, to just fall off. They need to win out, and uh, and they need some help for sure. But that's good news for the Seahawks fans because it looks like, um, yeah. you know. Yeah, we don't C- have to see them again. I'll be happy. The, C- yeah, the Seahawks are, um, I don't know what the percentage is, but looking pretty, are going to make the playoffs. Right now, they are a 98% chance to make the playoffs. All right, so don't mess that enough. <laughs> <laughs> they, so, even if they choke the last three games, they would need a lot of reverse help to not make the playoffs at this point. So, yeah, like I, like I said going into this, um, there was kind of a, a little bit of shakeup, or there was a shakeup in the AFC. It looks like Baltimore's going to be number one seed, Patriots number two. The rest of it still you know, waiting to fall. Um, one thing that's interesting to me is it doesn't feel like anyone's really been paying attention to the Tennessee Titans. All of a sudden, they've won four games in a row. They are tied with the Texans and with play- three games left to go. And Two of those games are against the Texans. That's right. That's I mean, there's uh, that division is going to be decided in in those two games, and that and that starts this week on the road for Houston in Tennessee, I believe. Yeah. And Ryan Tannehill is playing really good football. He's I think six and one as a starter now. Yeah, he is, and the Steelers have come out of nowhere. They have a couple big games coming up. I mean, that Minka Fitzpatrick trade early in the season is paying dividends for them right now. I think right now, right now they'd be the sixth seed, right? I mean, you it's have, either them or Tennessee. Yeah, you, you right now you have the Texans, Ravens, Chiefs, Patriots, uh, and then the two wild cards. There's a nine and four Bills. And then there's eight and five with the Titans and the Steelers, so I don't know what the tiebreaker is there, but they're right there. So the, yeah. the AFC, the, the lower end of the AFC picture is getting a little bit interesting with this whole Texans, Titans, Steelers, uh, a battle, or in Bills, even keep the Bills, Bills in too. there. So the Bills, Steelers, Texans, Titans. There's a nice little race there for those final two spots. There's, there's some pretty good defenses in there, and if you get if you got a team that can run the ball and play defense like Tennessee, I'm not saying they're gonna make a run. But I'm saying that they could be a dangerous team that could knock out someone else that you might think might be a shoe in Right, and they're they're well coached. I mean, when they played the Patriots last year, they whooped the Patriots. Vrabel is a good coach. Defense, their defense is good. Like you said, Tannehill has been playing great. And Derrick Henry is a monster of a running back. He is. He. It seems this is the second year in a row in those important, you know, fantasy football final weeks of the season oh, yeah. where he's starting to heat up. I know that he I think he got a little banged up in the last game. He should be good to go, but um the Titans are a team to 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 look out for. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they go on a nice little run here. So then now let's get into the Seahawks matchup coming up. They're going on to the road into Carolina against uh Kyle Allen and the the Panthers. What, what's kind of funny is it always it feels like we play in Carolina almost every year. It's kind of weird. They're almost like a like a pseudo divisional rival at this point because we play each other so often. Now, the games in Carolina in the past have been very close. They've all been down to the wire, last-minute games. I think last year the Seahawks won on like a last-second field goal from Sebastian Janikowski. But those games were all with Cam Newton at quarterback. So I'm wondering how things are going to go with Kyle Allen there. He's more of a game manager. He doesn't, he doesn't take as many deep shots down the field. He's not as athletic as Cam Newton. But they still got a guy named Christian McCaffrey who you need to slow down and who can open up things for their offense. Now, defensively, the Panthers suck against the run, and they don't have a very good secondary. I don't see the Seahawks' offense struggling as much as they did against the Rams, but they still need to clean up that pass protection. 
Well, so this is where I mean the 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 issues I might be seeing here is um, the Panthers' offense. I mean, not that Kyle Allen is great; he is more of a game manager. But DJ Moore has been playing really well. Yeah, he has. Even Curtis Samuel. Uh, and, got, and Greg Olson's off. He's obviously a good tight end. Olson is supposed to come back from his concussion. I'm not sure if he will. And then, of course, Christian McCaffrey. And even with Kyle Allen at, at the helm, um, overall, this I've been saying it all year, the secondary of the Seahawks defense, not that great. It's gotten better. It has, but... it has gotten better, but it, it's something where I think Carolina has some weapons that can really cause some problems for the, the Seahawks defense. And... You know, on the other side of the ball, the Seahawks offense. You said the running game. Uh, now there's no Rashad Penny. I was going to say this is where I'm asking. You. I, how much of a loss is Rashad Penny to the Seahawks? And I know, like the first majority of the weeks, Penny was not getting that much time. But the but last a, two the games, last few games, he's really uh, he stepped up, has fresh legs. He was looking good. Yeah, he, he broke out against Philadelphia. Had a, a big game against against Minnesota on Monday night. Then he got injured early against the Rams. I'm wondering if maybe that injury impacted the Seahawks' game plan a lot for that Rams game because it seemed like they were moving the ball pretty well. Then he gets hurt on the second drive, and all of a sudden that offense does nothing. So I'm kind of wondering if that just threw their game plan out the window, if they were planning on featuring Penny a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about that. I'll be interested to see what happens because I do think the Carolina defense is bad. This is, I mean, they should be able to move the ball and score. Um who I think, and, and he he kind of showed up a little bit finally. Uh, Josh Gordon for the Seahawks really hasn't been that impactful. Yeah. And he is a big talent. I know that um, as far as snap-wise, he was the clear number three receiver in the last game against the Rams. Um, I would really like him to – I would really like to see him be more of an impact. And I don't know if it's getting the playbook down. Again, he, he had more snaps and I think his best game as a Seahawk in the last game, which doesn't say much because the offense sucked. But I really want to see some more stuff out of him. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be one of those things where I don't know how much you're going to see out of Josh Gordon because he's still so new to the team. I, I would like to see the Seahawks keep him around going to next year and really have him have an offseason with the team, build some chemistry with Russell Wilson, and then see what we can get out of him. Right now, anything we can get out of Josh Gordon, I think, would be a bonus if they plan on keeping him around. But if he's playing against their third corner, I mean, realistically, he is the number three. I mean, you have Metcalf, you have Lockett. Granted, Lockett is more of a slot receiver. So, um, you know, maybe he's only against the second corner. Well, you know, whoever's covering Lockett is covering Lockett. But regardless, I feel he's just such a freak athlete. And I just, I feel like he should be contributing more. I, I agree. And you, you're talking about Tyler Lockett. We need him. We need Josh Gordon to step up because Tyler Lockett clearly is not at playing at full speed right now. I think it's three games in a row where he's kind of been shut down a little bit. He played against Philadelphia, had one catch. He had one catch for like 30-something yards. Against Minnesota, I don't think he had a catch. No, he went catchless. And then against the Rams, he looked like he wasn't able to run at full speed. So clearly that that injury that he had against the Niners while he was still able to come back and play, which is good, clearly it's still hindering him. So if that's the case, you really need DK Metcalf and Josh Gordon to both step up, as well as David Moore and and Jerron Brown. Well, let's see if they can do it against the Panthers' defense this weekend. If there's a defense you can do it against, it's the Panthers. Let's hope so. I hope so, man. <laughs> and they played well on the East Coast. So I, I'm hopeful for this game. All right. Well, um, I do want to ask you a question. Uh, you know, what's been going on? What's been going around? You know, this week with the uh, Patriots and their cameras at the Cleveland in Cleveland, you know, filming the Cincinnati bench. You want to give me your thoughts on that? You know, I, 
does anyone really care? It's Cincinnati. This is why I don't think they were doing it intentionally. Yeah, this like, is what? it was the Cincinnati Bengals. They have one win on the season, and it was against the New York Jets, who have lost four games this season to winless teams. So it's totally, in my opinion, um, a, a stupid mistake. Plus, I, at I, that, I, I saw something like the the Patriots had a film crew there to do something. They had a permit. So for. they had Craft Productions was there, and they're following a scout around for the Patriots, and it's for a segment called "Do Your Job" on Patriots.com. Okay, and. There's a producer and then two part-time employees over there. So th- this this is film that doesn't even make its way to the coaching staff or to the players at all. Well, I'll I might so, I'll, I might put a little hole in that in a second because yes, they got caught. I know there was that report of oh there was eight minutes of footage. Well, there was actually more than that. It was basically like a half an hour of footage. There was eight minutes of the camera from the Cincinnati people going recording that camera filming from the Patri- you know filming the the uh, Bengals sideline from the Patriots people. So it was an 8 minute clip there. There was actually more footage that was just the sideline. But again, it was the Bengals. I think it was it, it was completely separate. Belichick said it in his, pre- his press conference. He said <laughs> we had nothing to do with zero completely opposite side of the buildings. And the only reason and I thought this was I heard it today, but I also uh, this is one of the first things I thought was Belichick, I think, would have loved to at the press conference ripped that whole side of the organization. If he would have ripped he them, then, it, then he's ripping the owner and that side of the building, right? He's not going to do that. Yeah. So he just said, listen, we had nothing to do with it, nothing to do with it, and, th- and that's what it was. I think it really was. I mean, think about how many events or things that we might have done where we're like, okay, where can, where can we get the best shot? What can we do? Yeah, that's exactly what Oh, we can get a shot is. over there, and you just set up the camera, and you're not even thinking like, oh, whoa, I might have just broke a rule. Like, Yeah, this is their online production team. They're trying to make a video for the website or their YouTube for sure. channel or and something. Someone's not pro- anything crazy. Some Someone's probably going to pay the price because this is such a negative thing, yeah. you know, and and, that's and, and and of course the Patriots have already have that reputation preceding them, right? So the thing is, I, I think I think this is a big nothing. Clearly, was just like a mistake, and, and if you're going to film anybody, it's not the Bengals. <laughs> no, you're not going to learn anything from watching a Bengals Browns game. Okay, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> no, you are absolutely not. So uh, you're in agreement with me here. The I think the Patriots, um, you know, not a big deal. Um, and and we'll see where it goes. I I, I would assume nothing's gonna come out of it. That little hole I was saying though. Do you think if I heard this post today? Do you think if they didn't report that as a thing and and they did come back with 35 minutes of footage of the Bengals sideline? Do you think that somehow that could have gotten like that would go to like oh hey by the way we got this footage and would it make it way its way to the coaching and the NFL side you know the the football side of things in in Gillette Stadium or would it have kind of get to I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea, and there's even no, if it did, it's the Bengals. Does it matter? Right. There's no way you can rule it out. I'm just saying, there, like, it's a bad look, big mistake, stupid. I don't think there was anything there, but let's move on. Um, the Patriots. I thought this was cool. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, signed the uh, YouTube trick shot kicker, Josh Gable. Oh yeah, on, on the practice squad. You know what? What the hell? We can't have anybody kick it. We might. I wouldn't even mind seeing what, this guy. What was in his NFL. nickname? Kickalicious or like? <laughs> I don't remember what his what his YouTube channel's name was, but I think it was something like Kickalicious. Kickalicious, bring if, Kickalicious. If not, that's what I wanted the nickname you know to be. If, uh, get Kickalicious. <laughs> I want Kickalicious kicking a field goal to win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> All right, let's get to our fake side of uh, football, fantasy football. Um, you know, it's it's. Playoff week, week one of the playoffs for most leagues. I had one league where I was in the playoffs last week, lost that one, so I'm kind of heated about it. But uh, the traditional week 15, first week of the playoffs, fantasy football wise, starts this weekend. Um, 
You in any playoffs? Uh, in one league, I'm in. I'm actually in as the one seed in one league. I'm not in the playoffs in the other. I'm in the losers bracket for that one. Uh, in the league that I'm in, that I'm the one seed in, we're actually we actually have like a two week matchup for the playoffs. So it started last week. Yeah. So I've got like a 20 point lead going into this week. So I'm feeling pretty good. That's good. That's nice. Um, and I feel like if you're looking for players to to really lean on going into the playoffs this week, uh, you can't go wrong with Ryan Tannehill. Who has been lighting it up? He's hot. He, I mean, your words. Um, <laughs> His wife is hotter. He's throwing to AJ Brown, who lit up the Raiders yeah, last could, week. Could not get him on any waiver wire going into. I playoffs. picked him up, and I was real happy about it. Um, Chris Carson, who now that Rashad Penny's out, there's no question about who the feature back is going to be. He's going into a game against one of the worst run defenses in the league in the Carolina Panthers. Chris Carson, I think, is going to see the ball a lot. So if you're in a PPR league, especially, run with Chris Carson. He might get you in the end zone. He's definitely going to get you some carries. And then my third player, Jarvis Landry. The Browns offense has been a little bit of a dumpster fire lately, but the best way for an offense to get over their problems is to play against the Arizona Cardinals. And... So I'd look for Jarvis Landry to have a pretty good game against against Arizona. And do you think, and this just out of, with all the crap that's coming out about OBJ and him wanting to leave and the, his stupid comments, do you think Mayfield is going to hold that against him and, and, and particularly like just throw to Njoku who's back or throw to Landry and kind of meh about OBJ because he's probably out the door anyways? Yeah, he might not throw to him unless he's wide right. open. So I think that know? really benefits Landry, so I like that play there. I have a couple players. I really like James White this weekend going against Cincinnati. Tom Brady does not have a lot of receivers he trusts, and and, uh, James White's one of them. James White is one of them, and you know Edelman's probably gonna get doubled. I feel like teams, for some reason, put linebackers on James White, and he torches them. I, I see that being yeah. a possibility this week. Uh, I do like Slayton, who caught some balls from Eli Manning uh, last he weekend. Good, he looked really he? good, and they're playing. You know, he, and that was still with Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard in the lineup, and he was still making those plays. So him going against Miami, I think, is a nice little. Um, matchup for him. If Gerald Everett is out again, I don't know how you don't start Tyler Higby if you have uh, some sort of crappy tight end situation, which I normally have in leagues. I usually <laughs> I don't. A lot of people have crappy tight ends. Yeah, so there's there's not many to go around, so if you're looking for a start there. And then also, like this is the wild card is, is the one I mentioned with Josh Gordon. I know that I feel like he's improving week to week and getting more snaps. I really want to see him breakout. I mean, I don't know if you can necessarily rely on him, but if there's a team, you know, one of the teams that that can happen against is the Panthers. Let's go to real football. Man, we missed a couple weeks, so I don't really know what our records are. Uh, I, I do. There's uh, probably someone keeping track. Yeah, maybe someone out there. One, The one person who's like, all right, I'm Losing a lot of money here, but I'm going to keep track anyways. Uh, for, uh, first game, we'll get to the Seahawks versus Panthers. Seahawks on the road in Carolina. Carolina is plus six in this game. Six points is a big spread, especially for a Seahawks game, isn't it? It is. Yeah, so Seahawks are going to win this game. I feel like it's going to be one of those deals kind of like maybe Atlanta or Philadelphia where the Seahawks really just kind of cruise from start to finish. But the, the final score ends up looking closer than the game really is. Right, I understand that. You need the Seahawks to win. Six points is too big of a spread, especially for a Seahawks game, which always seems to be close for no reason. So Panthers will probably cover this. I thought you were going the other direction when you just said uh, the Seahawks. But yes, I, I'm I agree with you. I'm in agreement with you. I like the Panthers in this game covering the six points. Like you said, tend to play close games. It's just what they do, and uh, I like the Panthers' weapons against the Seahawks' defense, so I'll take the points. Uh, right. Game two, Bills on the road in Pittsburgh, taking on the Steelers. Steelers are favored by two. The Bills. Give me the Bills in this one, minus two. I think the Bills are just a better team. Uh, I think it's going to be a really close defensive game, though. This might be like first to ten. 
<laughs> sort of game, you know. Uh, so I like the Bills in this game, like thirteen to ten. Interesting. See, I like the Steelers here as much as I hate Mike Tomlin, and he has not gone away this season. I thought he would be fired. You, I, I, you could argue that he's done one of his best jobs. He, so may, far. he, he might have caught a break because the whole quarterback situation. He's had, you know, different quarterbacks. Mason Rudolph's gone out two different times. I think he's had seven different quarterbacks he's played this year. It's hard to. <laughs> have an excuse to fire him and they're actually playing decent football now their defense looks good uh they're also one of my sneaky uh, fantasy football defenses for the playoffs because they get two not great matchups or, or favorable matchups for them they're playing not great teams one of the is the bills but their offense is not that great it's more the defense yeah and i forget who their second game is against probably uh, the Bengals or browns i don't remember but i just know the steelers have uh some favorable matchups going into the playoff weeks of fantasy football uh, i'm gonna take the steelers here i think they're on a mission they are in the playoff picture i mean i wrote them off a long time ago because i didn't think they had it with all the issues that they were having um and in a, in a dumb way i think that tomlin is going to have them ready to play the bills the bills are nine and four uh this is new for them they're they're like oh well, we're gonna make the playoffs and the steelers i think gonna play level-headed it's in you know in pittsburgh i think they are gonna uh, they're gonna cover they will win by three or more next game this is the big game both eight and five playing for the division uh texans versus titans in tennessee tennessee favored by three you know what the titans are really tough at home ryan Tannehill has been on fire since he became the starter he's only lost one game derrick henry you could make an argument for him being the best back in the league i think he's probably two or three i like the titans a lot this game the texans have some problems in the secondary and i feel like derrick henry just wears out defenses as the game goes on and he gets even better late in the year they will cover this three-point spread and they're going to win this game I like the Titans. This hurts because I lived in Houston. My girlfriend's in Houston. I want to <laughs> root for Houston, but I'm with you. I see the Titans taking this one. Um, they're just playing great football. Um, it's hard for me to say these words, but Ryan Tannehill is actually looking like an NFL quarterback. Um, <laughs> I could feel the pain. Hurt. Yeah, it hurts saying oh, that. Oh, um, and yeah, so I, I don't know what's going on, but they're looking good. And like I said, they're well coached with Vrabel. Um, this is a game that I don't think they'll let slip out of their hands. It's on their home turf. They know they have to go to Houston to end the season. This is one where I think Vrabel is going to, you know, he's not going to let this one slip through the hands of the Titans. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Titans also covering three. Um, fourth game, Bears at Packers. I know you really want the Packers to win this game for the Seahawks' I do. I do sake. want the Packers to win this um, game. Bears at Packers. Packers are favored by four and a half. Four and a half point spread is quite a bit, especially when you have a defense like Chicago's who, yeah, they're not as good as the 2018 Chicago Bears defense, but they're still really good. They still got Khalil Mack, who can come off the edge. They got a pretty solid secondary with Eddie Jackson back there at safety, a really good young linebacking core. So I like the Packers to win this game, but this is going to be one of those classic Bears-Packers just beat you into the turf sort of games i like the packers to win but bears will cover i'm on the same page as you um i do think it's gonna be one of those games but for some reason i feel like green bay will kick a stupid field goal with four minutes left and take a, a six point lead and and yeah. then it ends it ends at six so i think they're still gonna cover i'm gonna take the packers and, and and them covering four and a half i think it's gonna be a hard-fought game but there'll be something that happens in the fourth quarter that makes it cover all right and then finally your lock of the week the lock of the week your New England Patriots, Corey, against the Cincinnati Bengals on the road. Let's uh, see well, you gotta the, be, you know, the Patriots get that sideline footage. Yeah, you know. Be taking- <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I'm picking the lock because I think this is the surest thing this week. That's what the lock is supposed to be. 
the Bengals might not score in this game. You might have another New England Patriots shutout defensively, and the Patriots offense will find a way to get right against a Cincinnati Bengals defense that, quite frankly, can't stop anybody. That's why they only have one win. Patriots win this one big. I think so, too. And uh, I, I'm hoping I have a league where I have the defense scores ridiculous points in fantasy football. And this is the week where I really hope the Patriots defense is my MVP because they should absolutely <laughs> make Cincinnati look ho- worse than they really look. They're going to be horrible. So uh, I, I actually like that pick a lot. Um, not as a homer, just as a, yeah, you should not lose that game. So hopefully the curse of the lock of the week. Breaking the curse this week. <laughs> That's going to do it for us. My name's Corey Dillon. You can catch us on the radio every uh, every day here in Seattle. Uh, I do the afternoon show on 98.9 The Bull, 2 to 7. Keith, he comes up after me each night. He's with you 7 to midnight. You can find us all over social media, too. At Jet City Hot Takes, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we post our podcast every week, most weeks, on uh, Stitcher, Podcast One, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, you name it. And go Hawks. Woo!